Did did you catch much of that last episode with uh, on the auction? I watched the whole thing. Awesome, man. How how do you like it? I mean, I mean, you and Adam did a great job of breaking everything down, but it was clear that a uh, high end football had a strong night, a very strong night. Um, you know, I'm a Kobe guy, so it was interesting to see some of the, some Kobe cards go for more than I thought they would. Honestly, um, that that Mahomes shield went kind of was was low in my opinion. Uh, those are just some initial observations that I had. And it's not so. It's the auction's not over yet. I still have it up on my other screen. So I mean, there, there's there's not uh, there hasn't been another bid on the on the Brady yet. Uh, or will there? It's still a two four, but I'll keep an eye on it just just for fun. Uh, there was just a bit on something the LeBron limited logos. But uh, all right, guys. So welcome everybody back to After Hours. I am happy to have with me my friend Max Max Norris, also known as Putnam Cards on Instagram, and the host of Hobby Update, where he and his partner Shay put out a, a podcast about once a week. And uh, they're about they're about a, how long? Like half an hour, thirty five minutes, or in between like uh, 30, 45 minutes normally. Yeah, yeah, thirty to forty five minutes. I listen. I listen to them all. You guys have about thirteen or fourteen episodes out so far. I think I've I've heard them all. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a nice easy listen. Uh, some some comedy, and as you can tell, Max is like the even keeled guy in the in the in the duo <laughs> in the tandem. And Shay is kind of the crazier guy between the two of them, but they definitely uh, bounce off each other quite nicely. So be sure to uh, be sure to check that out. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, I had the pleasure of meeting you, Max, at the National. Actually, we got to meet at the Card Ladder slash uh, Rodman's PC slash uh, Grant. Uh, I can't think of his Instagram handle right now, but uh, they co-hosted a, a get-together on the Wednesday night, and uh, it was nice. We got to just sit back and chill and hang out and have a nice conversation over some over some pizza and wings, I believe, right? Yes, sir. It was yeah. funny. I mean, that was a great, great get-together, and it started out kind of low-key, and then it slowly built up uh, throughout the night. But, you know, it was funny because we were sitting at a table with a bunch of people, uh, Riverfront Collectibles, David, Brian, um, you, me, a couple other people. And it's just funny getting to know, actually know people, um, uh, you know, outside of Instagram and in real life, really get to know who they are. So it was a, it was, it was great, uh, meeting you there, obviously. Yeah. For, for me as well, for me as well. And, uh, Nick Uliano was there, Nick Uliano from, uh, the guy who, the guy who, who is the best at seeking out new card accounts on Instagram. Anytime I see an account, <laughs> Nick's already following them. So, uh, a great guy. Yeah, that was, and you, you're right though. It started off kind of slow. I was actually like a half hour, an hour late from the, the, you know, the time that it was called to begin. And I got there and it wasn't, there weren't that many people there, but within a couple hours, the room it filled up, I guess it just, you know, just more and more people came and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great way to kick off the, the week of the national for me. And I'm guessing for yourself too, right? Yeah, it was a great, great way to kick it off. You know, by the end of the night, I, I said this on, on the most recent episode of Hobby Update, but I, at the end of the, by the end of the night, I was just standing watching Ken Golden and Nat Turner just do like some weird evil laugh thing in the corner. Like uh, they looked like Bezos and Elon Musk. It was pretty funny. <laughs> they were there. They were there for sure. I got a picture of myself with those two and Carvin. 
myself and a trio of hobby legends. All right, let's say hello to the chat. We got Troy. Troy, welcome back. Peeps, what is up? My guy Lapper is here. What is happening? Tyler, volume accumulation. Matthew Jones. Philly Mombi says Putnam is a G and then says Jay Lee is a legend. That is high praise for both of us. Elf Godet, welcome back. Wow, pixels. Different pixels from the last show, if that's what you're talking about, where we had my giant face along with Adam's kind of staring down at uh, whoever was in between us there, whether it was Jesse or Eric, uh, Jesse Bean or Eric at the end. Mike Wick, welcome back. Philly Mombi loves to see this collab. That's great to hear. Thank you so much. And fire up, oh, she blinded me. There's Andy. Good evening, my friend. Good evening. What's up with you? Fire sports card says hello. Alf had to restart. Got it. Well, you're back. Great to see you back. Great to see you back. So let's talk a bit about your show, Hobby Update, and kind of why did you guys, why did you and, and Shay and how how well did you know each other before you started your uh, your podcast? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> We actually met at a Dallas card show, um, I want to say in Mar- late March, maybe, or April. And that's when we first met in person. I, I'd seen his content before um, from his uh, infamous uh, wrong PSA order video uh, where he got the wrong order back and he had to deal with that. That's where I first saw him. But yeah, we met at a Dallas card show. And then within, a, within a, I think, a couple of weeks, we, we just started up a podcast. Uh, I wanted to start a podcast again and I was looking for a partner to do it with. And, you know, he's kind of the, the yin to my, to my, yin. I mean, we're pretty much polar opposites and that's what makes it work. That's I, I had myself muted as I was opening up a, 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 a tin of <laughs> Pringles, Wendy's uh, spicy chicken guys. If you haven't tried them, uh, they're actually pretty good. I had a, I had a tin the other night. My wife bought me a couple of tins of those, so I'm, I'm a little I'm, I got a little bit hungry. You know, it's a lot of work putting together these three and a half hour streams, right? So you guys put the the show together, and uh, I mean, you when you say you know you're the yin to his yang, you guys are completely different. So last night I was watching Instagram Live. You know, of course the crossover was on with the, the card ladder crew and, and uh, Josh had to leave for a little bit for so I don't know why, cause I, I wasn't there at that time, but then um, Chris, you know, I heard my name, my, my name came up. So I called in or I videoed in and I got to, I got to make my crossover debut. But uh, earlier that night, Ken Golden was doing a live and I was watching that cause you know, he was bringing on some guests and Shay ended up on there and I, it was, I was watching you watch it. So what, what did you think of that? How did, how did you enjoy your partner's uh, debut on, on Golden Life? Look, here's the thing you got to understand about Shay. He, he believes he is, without a doubt, the best marketer on the planet Earth. And I give him, I give him credit for it uh, because he, he really went to town in terms of marketing his, uh, his gold kaboom on the, the Ken Golden Live. It was pretty funny seeing... Uh, golden interact with Shay in a public forum. Uh, so I'll, I'll just leave it there. Well, yeah, because Shay, Shay, well, and I mean, I'm going to have him on next week. So everyone will get to see uh, both of them, uh, both Max and Shay, and, and just how different they are. But, um, but uh, he did end up being on the news in China, which was, which I think was really, uh, you know, fun for him to, to see that happen. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, so 
was this your first national? Yes. Yeah. And what did, what, you know, it's already a few weeks in, in the past and, and I get that, but as your first national, I haven't had you on the show before. Uh, I'm sure some people in, in my audience maybe aren't familiar with you. Uh, maybe not, maybe they are, but whichever that, whichever way that is, I'm just, I'm curious, man, like what, what was your, what was your perspective of the show? Just like from, from front to back, start to bottom, front to back, top to bottom, start to finish. <laughs> what, what did you kind of, what did you think? What did you come away thinking? Is this something that you want to go to every time? Do you feel there's that question? And how, how did it, how did you leave feeling the hobby was doing? Yeah, I mean, the national is very clearly like the Super Bowl of the hobby. So as a diehard sports card, you know, fan, I, I, I guess, then I, I mean, it's a must, you know, must attend event. So I plan on going it every year um, from here on out. I mean, honestly, my biggest takeaway was that uh, we, we're kind of in a bubble in terms of our sports card Instagram community. It, it in no way, in no means is, is it a, a proper representation of the actual industry. There's so many other people out there um, who we aren't interacting with on Instagram. And it was, a, you know, it really kind of showed me that in a, in a real life scale, just how many people are, are in the sports card market and, and how many collectors there are out there. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it kind of was like, I often wonder, and we often wonder, how big is this hobby, you know? And then you go to the Mecca, being the national, and, you know, 100,000 people plus kind of make their way through. And I know there's people that come back, come there every day. But in any event, there's a lot of unique people still that make their way through the show. And and there's and then there's everybody that doesn't go to the show. There's everybody that isn't on Instagram. There's everybody that, that doesn't have an LCS. There's everybody who's in the far corners and just doesn't travel. And... Um, I still don't know how to extrapolate from the attendance at the show or from the amount of card accounts on Instagram to what the, to how big the hobby actually is. Any, any tips, any uh, Mr. Expert on how to do that? I mean, I'm Mr. Expert. I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. About that. I was like... um, but it, I mean, it also was good to see, you know, some some real names in, in in the room at the national, you know, um, Adam Lefko, Alexis Ohanian, uh, Darren Ravel. You know, the, the hobby is clearly becoming more of a mainstream thing. I wouldn't say we've really become mainstream yet, because you know, out of my fifty closest friends who are into sports, maybe five of them are into cards. You know, out of those fifty, so I mean. I will say though, like it's very clear. Obviously, the the industry and the market has grown exponentially over the last couple of years, but I still think there's a lot of room to to run. Sorry, did did you say you have 50 friends? That's a lot of no, friends. No, I know that was a complete hypothetical. I actually have no real life friends. They're all just on Instagrams and doing sports cards. I'm like, wow, this guy's popular. 50 friends, man. I wish I had 50 friends. I'm no, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. Anti-social guy you'll ever meet. I don't know, man. I mean, you're doing a podcast, you're coming on here, you know, you're, you're in the hobby. So let's say hello to more people in the chat. See if we have any, any uh, questions, comments, that sort of thing. But uh, Matt Jones says the auction is still going. I do have it on right there. The last bid was on a beautiful immaculate Giannis card, $50,000 right now. Tom Bullard, 
corrects the spelling right there to Putnam. Good evening again, Tom. Boston Authentics. Happy to see you here, Max. Seth Powell, good evening. Andy says Shay is wild. Boston says super cringe on Ken's podcast for uh, for Shay. Poor Shay. Uh, Brian said basketballs. Yeah, you can say I'm back, said Brian. Basketballs are my best John Wick voice. <laughs> too good, too good. Yeah, Matt Jones noticed that too. Well, you have 50 friends. Mike Wick's impressed too. Okay, okay. Well, maybe maybe cut that by a factor of like five. Yeah. That's maybe a more accurate representation. Maybe, maybe 10, maybe 10. <laughs> Seth says, what were the two cards Max was looking for at the National? There's a fun question, Seth. What were the two cards you, look, you were looking for, Max? And what were the cards you ended up coming away with yeah so uh, i wish i had one of them down here but uh so the two cards i was looking for the national was what one of them is super specific it was a uh it's pure nostalgia for me uh it's right when i was getting into the hobby in 2008 it was a 2008 spx uh, radiance parallel kobe out of 25 um which <laughs> i didn't find at the national but i was able to find it a couple days later uh and i i did was able to pick one of those up uh, fortunately, the second card I was looking for, which uh, I thought might have been in my reach, but apparently a recent auction uh, showed it's not. It was a 2012 Prism, uh, uh, the MVP insert Kobe Gold out of 10, which uh, I thought I would have had it. I was looking for one of those at the National. Obviously, the chances of finding that there are slim to none, but. There was an auction going on gold and which ended up going, I think, for around 50 grand. Um, I thought I had a chance at it, but I was uh, I was humbled. So what tell everybody, what do you collect? What's uh, what's the, the theme of your PC? Kobe, uh, to put to put it uh, in simple terms. But, you know, I, I have a broad range of interests uh, in terms of cards like I really want a Jackie Robinson rookie. That's one of the few baseball cards that I ever really care to own or would want to own. Um, yeah, like rare Kobe stuff. Like I have very specific taste uh, in cards, I guess. So, yeah, like really rare, great-looking, iconic kind of Kobe, Kobe cards, I guess. Why Jackie Robinson? I mean, is it the obvious, like the same reason most people? Just his like his cultural significance or anything. Why, why Jackie for you? If you can yeah, I mean, that, that. the obvious point is the cultural significance. I'm a big cultural significance guy. It's one of the reasons uh, some people may not like this, but I picked one of these up at the national. Um, you know, I'm a big cultural significance guy, and it doesn't get more culturally significant than Jackie Robinson. I mean, every person literally learns about Jackie Robinson probably in elementary school, yeah. or if not middle school, right? So he's just a huge American sports figure an american figure in general um and that's why i really want to have that card one day um yeah i don't blame you man i wanted one too and i and i got me i got me one not not to make you envious but i hope you can join the club one day um vintage cards wants to know which jackie robinson rookie would you like to have because there's the leaf and there's the bowman yeah, I mean the one that the one that <laughs> you just showed, I'm um, pretty jealous about. But that's the one. I, I I do love this card for sure, for sure. Uh, back to the comments for a moment here. Uh, Boston Authentic wants to know: Do crypto punks count as, as friends? Yes, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Brad Humber, interesting comment here. Says 
will be extremely interesting to see what kind of attendance the national gets next year when the borders open totally cross fingers for the likes of Canadians and those in Europe and Asia. Don't forget about Asia. We get a lot of people from Asia coming and even South America. I mean, thankfully Rodman made his way uh, in and so did Frankie. I mean, these guys came from, from, you know, from Puerto Rico and, uh, and the Honduras to get there and join us. But I think a lot of people didn't come from Asia, Canada. I know for sure. I mean, I, I did, I, I was going for sure. But I know a lot of my fellow Canadian collectors didn't uh, didn't make their way through. Alf Goddad says 20, 2021 football brand. Which one to buy if you could only buy one? I'm not the right one to answer that. Are you? No, sir. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Alf. Uh, wrong podcast for that, Alf. Uh, Dr. asks a fun question. We'll start with you, Max. What's the first card you remember getting as a kid? So it's actually bad. I don't. I don't even know the year. But uh, it was a Tracy McGrady Ben Wallace dual jersey card from a, a brand I believe called Authentics. Um, that was the very first card I remember getting as a kid. For me, I mean, I was opening packs in the early '80s, so I couldn't tell you. But I have early memories of like a Steve Eiserman rookie, a Dale Howardchuk rookie hockey cards. You know, '82 Howardchuk, '84 Eiserman. Those are some. Excuse me, some of my earliest uh, memories for sure volume likes mamba thank you very much vintage appreciate that brandon metalberg welcome jeremy is the go thanks man thanks for the knowledge this saturday night you are welcome for sure and seth says numbers would have been even bigger if not for covid yeah i think they would i think for sure they would have been makes you wonder how many more people would have would have come that weren't uh that, that were kind of willing to right yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I didn't even think about the the you know the fact that there were there were no international travelers. I mean, or very little. I, that hadn't even crossed my mind until now. So, yeah, that's, that is crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. So, all right, let's let's uh, change gears a little bit. So, it it was a week of news in the hobby. You know, it started with the one that's been totally forgotten about: the Honus Wagner baseball card. The SGC three breaks the record over six million dollars. Followed by the the big news involving PWCC and eBay and their 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 divorce, and then followed by um, what many people, including myself, think might be the biggest news in the history of the hobby, uh, being that Fanatics basically uh, usurped Tops and maybe even Panini from their ability to produce cards down the road. Um, two questions on this: Number one. Has there been too much content on it already? Knowing that I'm going to do a show with Brian Gray tomorrow night to talk about it. And number two, uh, your thoughts on this. Like, how long have you been in the hobby, Max? Since, so it's actually funny. I got into the hobby right before uh, Panini got the NBA license. Like right during that transition period. So I got in in 2008. Okay, so with that said... What so my 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 original two questions are first of all, has there been too much content on this already that no. you've been that you've seen? Uh and and number two, like your your thoughts on it. You know, you've been in the hobby close to 10 years. What are your thoughts on on this? Not not asking you to predict what's going to happen, because I don't think anyone really can, although people are predicting just about every plausible uh and yeah. some not non-plausible situations that, that are gonna come out of this. Someone's gonna be right, you know, probably. But 
Uh, what are your kind of thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, any any comments to you? What was the first thing that went through your mind when you heard about this? Yeah, I mean, well, first initial thought, I guess. I guess most people probably had this thought is this is crazy. What's going on? Just just I mean, it's like an earthquake. Like everyone has, has to now like recalibrate like, you know, their approach to things, I, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> there's been a lot of change in, in, in the sports card market and the industry over the last couple of years. And obviously this, this may be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, you know, I think, I think it's definitely a step closer to bringing the hobby more mainstream with a brand like fanatics getting involved and just the marketing that they're going to put into, into this thing. Um, that's, that's, uh, another thought of mine. Um, and then just Panini, you know, the last, uh, how long has it been? A, a decade, pretty much. Yeah. And a decade and a couple of years that they're going to have, you know, the, the, the license. And, you know, how will we look back on this era uh, is kind of what I think, uh, what I think about and what I've been thinking about. You know, you know, what's funny. 2020 was a year of extreme change. And I just see birds on the bat. Let's us know that the auction ended. I see it did. So we'll take a look in a minute. But. 2020 was a year of extreme change, you know, for reasons, including the the pandemic. And I remember coming out of 2020, you know, saying with whoever I had on my show, like 2021 is going to be big too, but what, what, you know, how much different is it going to be? How much bigger can it be than 2020? And 2021 is like, blew us away, right? Absolutely blew us away. So Ken Golden jumps in and says, Panini, the last dance. If now, if that's the real Ken Golden, thank you for <laughs> joining. I, I just do not know if it is because some people like to imitate other high profile people in the hobby. So uh, if that's you, Ken, welcome. If it's a uh, Ken uh, copycat, then, um, well, welcome as well, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> and it could easily be either or. Uh, it is late where Ken lives, though. But he was up late last night uh, watching the crossover, too. All right, let's go to a few more comments here. I do want to help out. Uh, Foul Five Ball wants to know what is the plastic cleaner that I use on slabs, guys? If you're not using this yet to clean the scratches on your slabs, Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0. Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0. A little little dollop of that on top of your slab and some. I use paper towel. We'll we'll clean that up. Big unit card that got me started in the hobby was the 1988 Topps Football Bo Jackson Super Rookie. I know that card very well. That's where he's sitting on the bench, right? Great, great card. <laughs> Those Wendy's Pringles are kicking your butt. They These are spicy, guys. I'm telling you, these are spicy, like a spicy chicken sandwich at <laughs> Wendy's for sure. Matt Pime says, Jeremy, thanks for always representing Canada. You are one of their top exports just behind Gretzky and Rush. <laughs> Getty Lee, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Thank you so much, Matt Pine. Very Matt Pine, very, very much. Thank you for that comment. Yes, you can wait for. I confirmed it's a Scratch X 2.0. Logan Ward says, "Do you think that the Wagner would have gone for more money if it had been in B, in a BGS or PSA holder in the same grade?" What do you think about that, Max? You know, I used to think um, that just an every every facet BGS was better than SGC, but I've come to learn that for vintage SGC is highly respected. Um, 
so I'm not sure if if, if it was necessarily Trump. Uh, if, if you know, I think it. I think it actually would have done the same, if not even maybe even less than a BGS slab. But PSA slab obviously would have done uh, would have done more. I think. I agree with that. I think in a PSA three would likely. I mean, but how much more? Like the card still did over six million. How much more? And I'm not. I know we don't know, but you know, it makes you wonder how much more could it could it have done um i will say i don't don't know if that is the real ken gold or not but if it is the live last night was highly entertaining keep them coming it was highly entertaining he brought on some great guests he he goes on to say i wrote you a nice inscription on your card which the real ken golden did write a nice inscription (laughs) on the ken golden card he gave me but i showed that on my show so even the even even a copycat ken golden could (laughs) Ken, if that is you, send me a message from your account to my account on Instagram and confirm it is you, and then I don't need to uh, worry about it anymore. Please, Lee underscore sports cards live is my Instagram, Ken. All right, Ken Richardson, good evening, good evening, great to see you. Another uh, clubhouse regular as of late. Love the T206 portraits. Looking to pick up an Addy Joss. Good luck to you on that. Triple V. Ken Golden. We'll go with it being, it's him. It's him. All right, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. I checked it. It's the real Ken Golden. See, that's how you confirm these things. That's how you confirm. (laughs) Good to know. Well, welcome uh, as always, Ken. Uh, Brian Basketball says, Tops is about to try to damage our hobby on the way out the door. Hello, Junk Wax era, even more on the current printing levels. But the NBA players will eventually own every type of media. Interesting comment. Maybe, maybe not. Time will tell. (laughs) So Ken says yes for PSA, no for BGS, which, I mean, I think um, I certainly agree with that. And uh, I I think that's just the case, right? I mean, it's, it's for just about every card at this point in time. For sure. For sure. All right. Um, Tom Bullard, 89 score tops and pro set football got me hooked as a kid. He then turned into hunting 87 bonds in Canseco. That that Canseco Donruss rookie was that was a big one. I, I once traded away a CD player, a car, a, a car, a CD player that you would plug into your car. I traded away for that Canseco uh, rookie card with uh, with Joe Daly's sports cards. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Drake wants to know what book and bottle of wine he was consuming before the live show. Yeah, so I will say I'm a little slacker tonight. There was no book, but we have a beautiful bottle of, uh, not entirely sure how to pronounce it, but it's Pinot Noir. That's uh, my my wine of choice. So there we go. There you go. Little, little Pinot, little Pinot. Birds on the Bat says, yeah, BBG is really not respected much in vintage. About one full grade more lenient in my experience. And Snoop says, it's not over yet, guys. Tops has been seriously devalued. They are primed for a buyout in two years, even lower valuation. That's the thing. Like, we, it's, it's tough to say because the Tops brand is extremely valuable if they do something with it post loss of license, right? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited to have Brian Grant tomorrow night. I think he's got to have some great insights to help us understand maybe what their options are, which, you know, it's not like this is happening next season either. There is time to 
I, I almost want to want to say scramble, but you don't have to scramble when you have a couple of years to figure things out. So it's interesting. Hockey or yeah, hockey guy says tops may make a run at the NHL, which begs the question: Why was the NHL spared? Actually, I wore my upper deck shirt tonight. You know, at, at, you know, as a tribute to them being the only comp, the only of the big four sports not to be caught up in the fanatics thing as of yet, but maybe it will eventually. Maybe it will. We'll see. We'll see. Ken says, uh, thank you, Max, for your comment on my live. I'll try to do it once a week. Yeah, Ken, Friday night, Friday night live as a, you know, even I know, I know you kind of were joking last night saying, yeah, maybe I'll do it on Friday night, you know, at, at 11 o'clock Eastern or, or midnight Eastern, right? I don't know if any that would offend anybody, but I think that'd be, you know, even, even earlier, it's, it's late for you anyway. Right. So, and then the crossover guys come on. That's a great double feature on the, on the calendar. Yeah. That's, I, think. I mean, there goes my, you know, there goes my Friday night right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I did find myself, and... you know, the kids go to sleep and, you know, you know, crossovers coming on at, at for me, it's like 10 o'clock. It'd be, uh, it'd be nice to have um, the early show as well to uh to set set the set the table for and not even i mean it's like both may major major events right on every friday night would be i think would be great oh daniel busby's <laughs> first card ever was a roger Staubach rookie from the flea market and it was beat up so bad it was my first card i still have it to this day here's a question for you max this is from mike wick do you sell cards on any online platforms i mean i i i tried to uh do most of my deals privately uh through instagram or facebook uh i'm i kind of get nervous sending my cards to auction just because at that point you kind of lose a, a lot of control i like maintaining control that said if if i did have a big card that i was gonna send put put on auction right now i know we just had a whole the whole pwcc but i mean i'd be sending it to golden um, if, if it was a, a super high end card, um, that's where I'd be sending it. Yeah. And I, I don't do, uh, I don't sell, I mean, I've sold on eBay historically I've used com C before. Um, but I do not enjoy the selling process on eBay. I, I never have, I've done it because, you know, I find it's like, you got to just set a, set aside an evening and just get into that scanning listing sequence. And, uh, and writing the descriptions and talking about the cards. I just, I don't have a template that I'm not very good at it. So I don't, I've always kind of enjoyed Com C because you just send them the cards and they've taken care of things for you from every step of the way. But what I have done is um, I've used consignment sellers to sell my cards over the years. And uh, I find that to be convenient, you know, just like Com C being a, a consignment seller as well. Uh, okay, uh, Josh says, Brian at Leaf, so that's Brian Gray, basically said on the last show to get ready for these companies being sold. So it wasn't surprising after hearing that. So he's talking about when he was on with me just a couple weeks ago. He was on with me the Saturday after the National, and um, I'm bringing him back pretty quick here, but it's 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 definitely worthy with all the, all the news. And so, no, it isn't surprising. I think we're going to get some more insights from him because he definitely is in the know uh, more than uh, myself, uh, I'm, I'm guessing he knows a bit more than Max. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, learn more from him tomorrow night, guys. Ten o'clock Eastern, he'll be joining me on on the on Sports Cards Live as well. I don't know how to say this, but we're going to go with Skeppy. 
says, I don't think the people under I don't think people understand if Fanatics acquires tops, the change will happen much sooner than 2026. It's an interesting point because if you acquire someone who has the current license and then you have it, if they acquire them, but tops is, is a big company, right? They're not just they're just they're not just baseball cards. They are they are other things as well, confectionery. So now if they were to sell off the the, the baseball card division. Potentially that the license would go. Who knows? I, I'm, you know what? I don't want to speculate because I just don't know. And I, I'm listening to myself. I'm saying, oh, that sounded stupid. So why are you? <laughs> it's like why are you even bothering? Yeah, I'd save rather it for leave Brian. It. What's that? Leave yeah, save it for tomorrow. Save it for tomorrow. See what Brian Gray has to say. I've always enjoyed uh, enjoyed having his uh, his his ideas on things. Logan Ward says Upper Deck does have Michael Jordan and Tiger and LeBron, I believe. Uh, although Carvin has uh, has made it very clear that Michael Jordan would not sign for Fanatics or anyone else if even if Upper Deck was acquired, I believe he has a uh, I, the way Carvin makes it sound. It's a non-transferable contract that he has to sign autographs, and I've also heard that he owns a, a stake of Upper Deck, which I just don't know is true or if that's rumor and innuendo. Not quite sure, but uh, either way. If anyone knows that in the chat, <clears throat> Ken, let us know. That'd be interesting to that'd be interesting to you know get some uh, some something to get confirmation on. Dr. What do you guys think of a Topps or Panini and HP partnership to create printed home cards? I think it would be awesome for all the custom card creators and maybe print your NFT. What do you think of that, Max? Well, NFT is a trigger word for me right now. Uh, gets me all. It's warm, fuzzy, excited, but uh, I mean, custom cards. A lot of people like the idea of custom cards. A lot of people don't like the idea of custom cards. But hey, I've got a beautiful, uh, a beautiful Jeremy Lee uh, rookie card sticker. I'm ready to send it to uh, PSA. So there's a nice little custom card. There's a custom. Well, I'll answer the question. I hate it. I hate the idea of printed home cards. I don't. I wouldn't consider them to be what I've collected my whole life. Um, and what are they printing on? Like 3D printers use this kind of plastic resin sort of thing, right? I, I want my cards to be cardboard. So I don't know. I guess you'd have to get the paper stock. I don't like it. I I, I just, I don't like it. I want, yeah, I want my the cards. More to I, be the more I read that comment, the more I'm like, eh. eh. The more you hate it, right? I want pack pulled. To me, pack pulled, I'm okay with some direct-to-consumer stuff like the Tops Project stuff. I think that's innovative, creative. But tra tradition is important. Customi cu customs are important. And pack pulled is what we all grew up on. Who, you know, who we all grew up on pack pulled. So I don't want... I don't want to print my own cards. I, I just don't. So I, I hope that's, you know, I could see it being like you have this direct to consumer project, 2020 project 70 stuff, print your own cards. Okay, fine. But those cards better not also be available in traditional packs. Now I've heard so much speculation on what's going to happen with the, the, in the fanatics era that maybe there isn't even packs anymore. Is that going to be a, is that going to be a, a potential scenario? I hope not, but what that's going to do is it's going to make all the unopened product and all the cards from the pre-Fanatics eras that much more desirable, 
coveted and important and valuable, I would say. Did that make sense, Max? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I find it highly unlikely that they're going to just do away with packs and boxes. And I mean, that that's just foundational to the hobby. So, um, it, I mean, it'll certainly be interesting uh, to see what 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 changes they, they bring to distribution. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I saw some comments. As I think Southern Hobby is the is is the happiest entity out there because if 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 distribution is cut out and they just sold to Beckett uh, before before this all happened, that they might have got out of the perfect time. Who knows? It. I I do think it's all speculation right now. And I think again, as I said earlier, people are speculating all over the place. And you know, you're throwing darts. Someone is going to hit that bullseye at some point, right? Someone someone's probably hit it, and then they can uh, they can rewind back to to august of 2021 and say see i told you so and that would be on the topic of speculation and just people thinking like you know what's gonna happen or uh, you know what cards will be more or less popular will people be hoarding wax or whatever like the the idea of loading up on just a sure like sure things like vintage or 90s inserts is incredibly attractive uh right now those are just sure things you know that whatever fanatics does is not going to have any impact on, on, on those kind of subclasses of cards. So that's kind of where I'm personally, uh, personally looking a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I made that comment on the crossover last night that I think, I think, you know, I I started out by saying we are right now, we're in the good old days. We're in the pre fanatics era. <laughs> the good old days. The, we're in the good old days right now. Every 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 day, you know, every era, every five year window is the good old days, right? But right now, not knowing what's going to come once that transition happens means that anything can happen. We just don't know. So right now, maybe the real good old days. They may not be. We, we will find out in ten years. But and I mean ten years once we have a few years in that new in the fanatics era. But for now. You know, like, let's say the Prism brand goes away. Prism Golds go away. They're not going to be made anymore if Panini's not involved. If that brand doesn't transfer to Fanatics in one way or another, all of a sudden, those those Luca Prism Golds from rookie year forward, all the subsequent years are going to be very, very important because 15 years from now, guys in their 20s, in their teens who are chasing these and want these cards are going to have even more money then than they do now and they're going to be going back they're going to want those cards cuz that's their nostalgia and they and they can't they can't get the the that card from 2035 or 2040 or whatever it'll be so i think that people who are really keen and and really uh, sharp are going to be starting to look at what what is what may disappear that i should be collecting kind of i don't want to say loading up on cuz that has an undertone of greed i saw that comment in the in the in the chat already but you know we we all collect we all want the best cards we we can have so i i think that you know look for cards right now my advice would be look for cards that are super important and that that there's a few of them that may just not be made later because if you're in your even if you're not whatever age you are just think about people that are that are 20 years younger than you are are going to want those cards down the road I think so. There's a there's some opportunity in all this, I believe. Thoughts on that, Max? I will say, I mean, I'm 22, right? 
And for me, I'm not so, well, we'll see in 10 years, <laughs> but I'm not super nostalgic about, you know, gold prisms or, you know, big panini stuff because I got in in 2008 and my prime collecting years as a kid was 2008 to 2011, 2012. So I'm like, a, like the last few years of upper deck and super early panini. That's like what I'm the most nostalgic about. And, you know, the key cards from those years are the ones that I'm going to be going after in five, 10 years. But I mean, a lot of people my age are super nostalgic about gold prisms and, and, you know, big, big hits from the Panini era. So I can definitely see that, see those uh, becoming more and more sought after um, down the road. Same here for sure. Purple Haze makes the comment. We're behind. We're 12 minutes behind the comments. It's putting Josh Luber in control of the entire hobby, which that's a big word, entire hobby. Uh, worries me. Have you seen his TED talk? It's hard to ignore the sense of greedy undertones. Well, purple, excuse me, purple haze. I'll say, have you, did you see his sports cards live interview? Because he was on with me uh, when that was in July, just about a month ago, month, six weeks ago or so. And we had a great chat. I'd recommend you watch that and, and uh, you know, round out, round out the, the, the information you're using to form your opinion. Now I, I just know Josh from there and hanging out with him a bit at the national, but Seems like a pretty good dude to me. True collector, loves the hobby, loves the people in the hobby, loves the cards. Uh, so, you know, watch that and see if that rounds it out as, at all for you. Ken jumps in and says, as long as Josh gets good VPs and good brand managers, he will be fine. And that's the thing. Josh has built a company. He's going to understand he needs a team. He's going to know what he doesn't know. And that is so key for a good leader to know what you don't know and surround yourself with good people. Ken nails it right there. Good VPs, good brand managers. He will be fine, right? Because they will help him out. But if he's a good leader and manager and motivator, then that's that's very important too. You don't need to be in charge of the whole hobby. And the word whole hobby is like, it's not the whole hobby. The whole hobby is goes back to like the late 1800s. We're talking about we, we're talking about the future that hasn't even happened yet, but I still understand uh, Purple Haze, the comment. Um, so, you know, by whole hobby, I think what it means is all the sports for them, or at least the three biggest ones, that's for sure. Uh, Ken says, by the way, new production cards is not the entire. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, exactly. New production. That's and that is it's it's a big part of it. It's a big part of, of the, you know. It's everything but the secondary market for the most part. So it's still something, but it's not, it's certainly not the entire hobby. Uh, Jahan says, I need a job in the hobby to fund my hobby. Hey, welcome to the club, right? Welcome to the club. PSA Europe. Yeah, you know, um, Nat has indicated that growth will happen uh, in what order and where we will see. We will see. Ken says, uh, make sure Brian has his chat on. Make sure Brian has his check. Okay, will do, Ken, will do. Tomorrow, I know him since 1990, and I will surely heckle. Sounds good, Ken, sounds good. And hey, maybe, Ken, maybe, maybe you want to join us for the second hour or something like that. Uh, let me know if you're up for that. Love to have you join the panel tomorrow night. Johan says, correct, Ken, all of the value of cards isn't going anywhere, especially vintage. I completely agree with that, Johan. Bang on. Ken Richardson owns a chain, a chain of uh, hobby stores in Western Canada, says NHL has the least volume of trading card sales globally of the four major North American sports, but they already have partnerships with the NHL. 
it would be unlikely they don't make some form of play. It would be weird if they didn't. It would be weird to be the one sport that is kind of excluded from this new era of uh, of the hobby. So be interesting to see. Ken, thanks for Ken Ken Richardson. Great to have you. And now we have Brian Basketball is asking Ken Golden, do you know if Golden Auctions will ever accept HGA uh, cards? We won't. <laughs> we there won't. You go. So Ken was on with me uh, earlier in the year and also last year, and he made the comment back then that it'll take five years for Golden Auctions to accept a new grading company because they have to establish themselves. And I thought that was a very good position to take because grading is one thing. It's subjective, but authentication is not subjective. And to me, authentication is kind of the, it, it, it it's the precursor to grading, right? Like Max, in your opinion, what is, how important is authentication, the ability to authenticate cards to the grading companies and their services? I mean, uh, it's, it starts there, right? Like you, the card has to be like the card has to be authentic. Um, and you have to be able to make sure that it's authentic before you go anywhere. Uh, it's foundational. I think so too. If, if you can't, if you can't authenticate the card, uh, you now let me ask you this, Max, what do you think of this? And I'm asking the chat too. If a company and the personnel at the company, I'm not speaking about any company in particular, but if a, if a grading company doesn't have the experience and knowledge to authenticate all the cards, should they be a grading company? Like, can a grading company exist without authenticating? Can you just grade a card and not tell your, your submitter if it's authentic? Like, what do you, what would you, what would your position be on that, Max? And, and put that out there to Ken and the rest of the chat as well. I mean, yeah, it, that can exist, but that doesn't mean that anybody is going to, you know, use that service or take it seriously or, you know, so, I mean, I, I will never mess like with, with HGA or um, any of these new grading companies that have popped up in, in recent years, just, or I say in recent years, in the last year, yeah. um, just cause like, I don't really know who, you know, what, what this, who's running the show, what the situation is, what their experience is, you know, just go with the known, the, the, you know, the known brands that, you know, are going to do the job right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that's why Ken made the statement, you know, earlier this year that five years is the, is like, that's your, that's your audition time. That that's your time to not only that, to make sure you're going to exist you need you know, right you need to you need to endure in this hobby it would be it would be imagine selling a card in a in a holder in 2021 and then you know 2023 rolls around they're not around anymore 2024 comes and the card is deemed inauthentic who's going to be left holding the bag is it going to be the consignment seller the auction house the guy that sold it at the card show well, that person will be hard to track down. But if it's a if it's a if it's a if it's an auction house, they're gonna you know the buyer's gonna have the receipt. You're gonna be able to trace it back. So, I like the position uh, of at least five years. But now Ken says no, we won't. So maybe he has a specific reason with respect to that grading company that he wouldn't. Which I don't know. Can but I, he can goes I, on. Oh, go ahead. Can I give a quick hot take on grading, real quick? Yeah, please, please. 
Now, obviously, Ken uh, probably has uh, much more inside, you know, inside information than I do. But I'm of the belief that within 10 years, uh, I use 10 years, it's just a, a, a long enough period of time that the hobby will have to adapt and that all cards will be have a significant will the, the grading process will be significantly done by computers and artificial intelligence that's your that's the take that's the take i i don't disagree with that i've seen some pretty cool things out there and uh, I, I can see that happening as well now what will the competition be like? Will it, will it be the same technology used by different companies? Will it be different? And how will that set them apart? I guess time will tell. Okay. Ken confirms, I believe it's confirming that Michael Jordan owns a piece of upper deck. So it makes you think that maybe he wouldn't sign for any, but Carvin actually said that, you know, MJ would actually just say, I'm done signing. That's it. Which would be great for people that don't have Michael Jordan autographs and not so great for people that don't. So. Like everything, time will tell. Time will tell. Jahan is asking Ken to open up in Ireland. Snoop says, Tops is primarily candy. They make more money with their candy division than with cards. It's the reason they didn't sell the candy division in 2017. Okay, good stuff. Hockey, I want to know what grade is the J. Lee rookie card? That was, it's raw. It's graded R-A-W. Yeah, right now it's raw. I got to send it to PSA still. So we'll see if they take it. <laughs> too funny, too funny. Ken says candy was 30% of revenue for tops in 2020, not the majority. So what was 70? Was it baseball cards or was it other confectionery items? <laughs> Ken says, sorry, I'm the ultimate fact checker. Good to know. Hey, good to have facts, right? We have card porn in the house says not sure if tops will allow themselves to be walked over. They have a lot of pride and history. Agree. They could simply play hardball and wait for a sensible offer while Fanatics learns how to make cards. They could, they could, but but what are they going to do with me up to 70% of their capacity at that point in time, I wonder? Yeah, Matt Jones says, print your own card sounds horrible. Logan Ward is, is throwing up. <laughs> Snoop, I'm trying to understand NFTs, but what happens to NFTs if the server crashes, crashes and info is lost? Do you have an answer for that, Max? Um, I was planning on avoiding talking about anything NFTs during this conversation because after all, this is Sports Card Live. But Snoop12922, if you want to DM me on Instagram, feel free and I can uh, I can help answer some questions. I am good with that position, Max. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Ken says, Card Porn will be my guest next week. They are out hiring an actor right now to prop up on IG. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome i've invited card porn on too ken and i said to them come on you know just wear it wear a mask and put on like a voice altering machine or something like that do you, do you mean like a, like a full-on ski mask yeah whatever a bag <laughs> on the eyes i don't care maybe just have the, the camera pointing the other way you know have it have it pointing at your driver's license but have it pointing the other way and, and, you know, alter your voice. What would what, what, be so bad about that? Let's do it. I think they're protecting their anonymity extremely well. You know, even though they have slipped up, but I think they're doing as well as well as they can. Ken says, or card porn says them, only if we can break your sealed box of 86 Fleer basketball live. Ken, is it worth it? Is it say, worth it? 
Ken was very close to fumbling that sealed box on his live yesterday. It was a close call. It is. Seth Powell says, Ken, when does the reality show come out? And congrats. So Max and I were both uh, fortunate to be invited to the, the golden one of one dinner at the National, uh, which was on the Thursday night when the uh, the title of the show was announced, which is uh, the Golden Touch. Really cool. Very fitting, I would say. And um, so we we learned from there that they're going to start. Uh, and Ken may have answered this already starting to film in the fall, I think as early as next month with uh, the show releasing in early to spring 2022, as I believe what Ken announced at the uh, at the dinner. So time will definitely, definitely tell. Oh, here we go. March to April, he says. Ken Richardson says, anyone want to buy a card store? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Ink, paper, wax collector. I think the Fanatics cards will be like tops now, offered for a limited time and printed to order. So that means no. See, that's that means yeah, no I packs. I think that's not going to be the case. I mean, I, they yeah. may have a certain, you know, they may have their own kind of tops now kind of a thing, but I think that that's not going to be the the majority of. Uh, that's gonna, not going to be how things are done. Dude, think. we are we are so behind in the comments. It's like these guys must be like, what are you doing, Jeremy and Max? We were just we were talking about that 15 minutes ago in the chat. <laughs> we are so behind. That's how this show works, though, guys. You guys, you guys, light up the chat. We want to, we want to see what you're talking about, right, Max? We want to see what's going on out there. So maybe when we go public, I will crack. That's a good thing. Okay, then maybe Cardporn will go, but we'll crack then too. That'd be pretty cool. Excuse me. Those uh, the, these uh, these Wendy spicy chicken Pringles. They are uh, having their way with me right now. They're, they're getting to you. <laughs> they're getting to me. They are getting to me. Brian Basketballs, who's been a welcome addition to the show tonight, says, unsure how this will affect the local LCS and what kind of deal Fanatics will make them sign to carry their product. Maybe all online beware. I've seen a lot of speculation about what happens to distribution, LCS. Is there still going to be, you know, the whole hobby could change. Everything we know about it, might you might want to just write it off and start fresh. I don't know. I mean, I sure hope not because opening packs is something that, that, society has enjoyed for so long do you think rewriting that is really the way to go i mean what do you think max i don't know yeah i mean who knows i i, I look i can i talk a little bit on luber a little bit please okay so i've i've met uh, josh luber i've worked for josh luber for a short period of time uh last summer uh, at StockX, and I'm I'm from the Detroit area, 40, 45 minutes outside of Detroit. So this is where StockX is is based and located. And Luber, he he and Dan Gilbert, who's the uh, Quicken Loans and the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Dan Gilbert and Luber had the same idea for StockX at the same time, and that's how they connected. And Josh Luber took that company from idea to where it is, you know, where, you know, where it is today. And he, he built, he, he helped, you know, build, build that company. You know, he, he, he was one of the guys there. So, and he took sneakers, you know, or he helped take sneakers mainstream. And uh, he was a part of that. So I wouldn't discount Josh Lubrin, you know, what, what, what he's capable of doing. And he's obviously very passionate about sports cards and, uh, 
I think he understands the hobby pretty well. And I think he understands that, you know, hobby shops and, 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 you know, opening boxes and ripping packs is foundational to the hobby. And I don't think he's going to screw with that uh, too much. That's just my take on it. Well, that's a, that's a, you know, you have insight because you know him, you've worked with him. That that's a, that's a great take. You know, this comment here from Josh says, pretty sure Luber is just going to try to do the right things for the hobby, which can't be said for the guys heading the other company, sadly. So do you feel from like Max, is that basically corroborating what you were just like, are you almost corroborating Josh's comment that, that Josh Luber is going to try and do the right things for the hobby? Yeah. He's I think he's going to do his best to help grow the hobby to a place that we, we can't even imagine. Yeah. Skeppy here says that nostalgia can expire. Legendary demand always lasts. It's why you have a, 48 leaf Jackie sitting next to you. Yes, I do. I, I don't sleep with it, but I kiss it before I go to bed. You, you got to stop pulling it. I'm like getting real close to just going on eBay and seeing what's there. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Golden says, I hope in 2022, I think that's to, to play in the World Series of Poker, maybe. My wife is scared every time I travel due to COVID, even though I have two shots. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way wives are. No doubt. No doubt. But hey, Looking out for her man, right? Wants the best for her man. So that's uh, it's, it's admirable for sure. Ken says, authenticity is the most important thing. Grading is secondary. We are way behind in, in these comments, but yes, that's completely agree. Hockey Guy says, does any grading company have the ability to authenticate grade all the cards? I mean, I don't know, but I, I as I've said before, I was I got a full tour of PSA's office back in 2009, and the... The reference room was filled with reference materials. I couldn't believe it. And that was 09. So what they must have by now is pretty, it would be even more rounded out. So maybe, maybe not hockey guy, but uh, you know, the, it's like the, the company with the biggest, with the biggest reference material library is the one that I will trust the most. Now I'm, I don't know what everybody has, but I, I know what I've seen. And so I trust uh, PSA when it comes to their authentication um qualifications for sure josh says by the card not the grade snoop says it seems the hobby has decided if it gets slabbed it's authentic yeah that's a good point right that's that and that was an issue with the fake patches you know if if beckett grading services slabbed a card the 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 hobby expected that that card was authentic as it came out of the pack but there's no way for them to track or trace or detect if a if a swatch if a patch had been swapped out because the the patch fakers are just that good at it they don't leave a they don't leave any any traces so um but i agree with that comment for sure for sure let's see boy oh boy the comments wow should i just skip a whole couple chunks and move down to skip a whole bunch and let's see i i came to brian basketball and i saw thank you to jeremy to giving me a platform to ask ken the question and again thank you ken for taking the time you are welcome. Dave Kaplan, good evening. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, what do we have up here? Trying to make grading exclusive to the wealthy. I must have missed something. That's what happens, Max, when you skip a whole bunch of uh, comments in these lives. You kind of lose context for the conversation, which I don't <laughs> like to do. I don't like to lose context. Josh says, has any company ever struggled to learn how to make cards? Probably out of the gate. They probably struggled for a little bit until they came up with their plan. Interesting question. Business idea for Golden. High-end, whatnot-like platform for Golden clients, live streaming. 
Yeah, interesting, interesting idea. Or maybe just use Whatnot. Whatnot's a great company. Big fan, big fan. Card killer, I'll give you my mask to card porn to wear. <laughs> to wear. See, you know, we got all this like content creator crossover stuff going. That's great. I feel like Max, we should just sit back and let everybody ask Ken questions right now because a lot of the a lot of the chat is just Ken. Got questions. I mean, questions like the, the, when I mean Ken's making his presence fall right now in the chat. He's 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 working the chat right now, so you know. Exactly. Daniel Busby says, can we go back and watch Ken's show from yesterday on YouTube? If not, where can we watch it? On his Instagram live. But, but you know, don't leave us right now. Wait, wait till tomorrow at least. Wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <sighs> too funny, too funny. All right, lots of comments. I can't even keep up anymore, but let's see. Uh, there is some interesting stuff here or extra interesting stuff. Summertime says, I, I never see that. The heads of Panini Tops and Instagram Lives participate in the community. Luber already is. I mean, I the heads of I don't see a lot of tops, but I've you know I've had a couple of people from Panini on the show. Um, I've I've tried to have a couple that couldn't make it, so you you just never know. Ken says I would give Josh Luber the same benefit of the doubt people give Nat Turner with PSA. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at too. Right there is that these are collectors. These are these are young collectors, and I, I I agree with that. That's that's my position as well. And getting to know Josh a little bit, Josh Luber, from having him on the show and talking to him, he uh, and with what Max says as well, just just corroborating it even more. I mean, these guys don't want to not be a success. They don't they don't want to you know head up a project and and not see it turn out to be as good as it can be. And sometimes, you know. These are the guys that have all the innovative ideas that take it to the next level. Like you need new blood and it's new blood. So I'm going to, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, but again, we'll have to see, we'll have to see how things go. Hockey. I want to know what Ken had for dinner. I had the filet at Ken's dinner. What did you have, Max? I had the salmon. How was it? I mean, it was, it was excellent salmon. I, I, I mean, it was, it was all good. Capital Grill makes a pretty good, uh, pretty good dinner, don't they? Yes, sir. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for sure. Seth Powell has a question to you, Max. How are you feeling about Cade Cunningham? I mean, I'm feeling spectacular about Cade Cunningham. I mean, as a Pistons fan, finally have something to to root, for, you know, something to root for here, something to get excited about. Shout out to my friend uh, Isaiah Livers, who was also drafted by the Pistons in the second round. I'm uh, very excited about that and uh, can't wait to go to the season opener. I'm, I'm about to buy some tickets next week. So looking forward to it. Cool. Congrats to your buddy for, uh, for getting drafted. That's always awesome. Yeah, it was, it's wild. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I just graduated from the university of Michigan uh, in the spring and we met uh, in the summer of freshman year. And uh, it's crazy to see him go from, you know, just like a freshman at the university of Michigan all the way to getting drafted by the, hometown team Pistons so his name's Isaiah Livers go check him out he's uh he's a three and D kind of guy very cool very cool all right we have we have three comments in a row here we're gonna we're gonna read out Mike Wick says as with any good business I'm sure they have a plan in place and no market trends and Josh is a collector so I hate to see tops go but it will be in good hands that's a really well-written comment Mike Wick I hate especially and I you know throwing in there I hate to see tops go because everybody would hate to see tops go, but it'll be in good hands. And I think, um, I think if we put that, you know, if, if enough people kind of 
it doesn't matter what we think. What matters is what Josh and Fanatics end up doing. And I am a believer in that comment from Mike Wick. Luke says, people get salty when something new comes around. We are dealing with a new with new young generation. Relax, people. Everything will be fine. I agree. Max, you're 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 younger. What do you, you same thing? I mean, there's been so much change <laughs> and there's so much change to come. Uh, you know, you just kind of kind of go with the flow, I guess. That's how I'm approaching it. Agree. Angie says, what do you think of fanatics and tops working together, make the hobby more accessible to the middle class people, not only the rich? I mean, I think that I think that's going to happen. I think that uh, I think that the hobby by the hobby being accessible to not only the rich, I think you're talking about new products where it's two thousand dollars for a box of, uh, of, of of packs or wax. That that's tough that it's really tough to afford that. And maybe that is only for the rich. But I do believe, and maybe it's just blind hope, maybe I'm naive, but I do believe that Fanatics is, is going to want to expand the hobby to the point where everybody can collect because that's going to be best for their bottom line. And it's going to be maybe best for the, old, the greater hobby as long as it endures, as long as it lasts, if it's only for five or 10 years, then it turns into a junk wax. I, I don't know if it's wax even at that point, but it, it turns <laughs> into a junk card era, you know, because it, if, if it does kind of go back to where it is today or even, you know, before this boom of 2020, then that the, then the fanatics era becomes like the like the 90s again, although with social media and Internet and all that. Interesting thought, though. Daniel Busby, this Tuesday on HBO Sports, are doing a special on cards with the card shop Grand Slam Collectibles. That's awesome. Have to check that out for sure. For sure. Yeah, I didn't hear about that one. No, me neither. Me neither. Brian Basketballs says, my local LCS has been at the same location in Norman since 1978. My next visit to the dugout in Norman will be the chat will be lively. Been trying to get him to, to let me film in there. So far, a no-go. Why would anyone not let you film in their store? That's like the opposite of marketing. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of, of, of expanding your business. I don't know. But he did start by saying it's been in the same location since 1978. If that's the same owner, you know, some people of the older generation are just, you know, they're they're Luddites. They're they're it's it's tough for them to really get their their head around some of this technology. So I can understand that that being the case, but probably not the best way to grow your business. What's the, what's the LCS situation like for you, Max, in your in your in Detroit? Yes. Yeah, so actually, one just opened up recently um, within the last couple of months. It's called Three Kings Sports Cards. Um, that's the one that I've been kind of going to uh, good, you know, recently. There's another one called Rochester Sports Cards, but there's you know. There's nothing, um, I wouldn't say there's one dominant uh, place uh, near me. There's just, there's kind of a bunch uh, scattered all over the place. So I don't know if I ever told you this. I'm actually 100% positive I didn't because I haven't talked to you that much in our lives yet. But <laughs> I uh, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for a year. You, you did? I did. Wow. I did. Yeah, I was, uh, I was six years old. My father was going to school there, and uh, we moved there for a year of his schooling in um, 19, I don't know, the late 70s, the very late 70s. So, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I had no idea. 
Is that near you? I don't even know where it is. Ann Arbor. I mean, I I've lived in Ann Arbor the past four or five years, but um, uh, yeah, it's like forty minutes from where I'm where I, where I am currently. Oh, you live there? That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to ask my mother if she knows what our address was. I'll let you know if that maybe maybe we <laughs> live in the same complex. We lived in some sort of a townhouse or something back then. Cool. Beavis Card says to keep the tops tradition alive. Let's bring back the stick of gum. And stains on your Zion rookie. I'm all for the sticks of gum. Speaking of which, I have some sticks. I have some gum right here. This is actually off. The, this is this is 1975, 76 OPG. Are you serious gum. right now? I'm serious, dude. Why? I, why? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. <laughs> and, and here I have some 85, 86 OPG still stuck to the car. Actually, there's like four cards in here. And the gum, why? Because during the virtual expo in June, a buddy of mine opened some packs in my booth at the end of the show. And I said, hey, send me the gum. I'll eat it. I'll eat it on a show. And I just, I kind of haven't yet, but look at this. Full stick of gum on 85 uh, Opeachy here. Uh, odds, odds you try to, odds you try to, to chew that piece of gum. I'll eat it right now. I'll eat this right now. I'll take it off. As long as it's not full of, and this is a Boston Bruins piece. So if Eric is watching, I'll have to send him the card. Oh yeah, it's like it's really. Can you see this? It's oh oh, it's coming off. It's coming off. Just a little bit of just a little bit of uh, ink from the sticker on there still. Should I eat it? Oh god. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love the taste though. Eighty-five, eighty-six, guys. 35 years old. That's legendary right there. It's like dissolving in my mouth. <laughs> Ink Paper Wax says, cards originally... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> cards originally came with tobacco, then gum, then shiny foil. What's next? Yeah, they don't come. You print them from a printer in your house, apparently. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> Drake Robinson, I honestly don't see how Fanatics takes all the licenses without acquiring all of Topps and Panini's intellectual properties. Seems it's likely they'll need one to try to do that, buy them out. Yeah, a lot of people are speculating that way. Wow. Tons of comments again. David Cron, I like this point. Change is hard. Innovation is good. Whether or not you like what Fanatics does, we'll always have the cards that we already, that were already made. There you go. That's the that's what you want to tell yourself before you go to bed tonight, guys. You'll always have the cards that were already made. Exactly. And there's lots of them. There's, you know, I've been collecting my whole life and I'm still finding new things to collect. And I'm thankful for that, for sure. Oh, Logan Ward says maybe the LCS is afraid of theft. The one that's been around since 1978. I recently I can't, you know, with with what's been going on, I can't blame the guy if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, could be. Ken Golden says cards and coffee is looking to have 20 to 50 stores. I had DJ Ski on the show earlier this year, a couple months ago, and we talked and he said, yeah, they're looking to build out some stores in different locations. I think they have two right now. Is it Salt Lake City, I believe, and LA? And I think they were already looking, they were looking at another one at that time. And I'm sure they're well ahead of those plans right now because that was a few months ago. For sure. Busby says, Brian, I'm in Tulsa. We have SNS here and B. I don't know what all that means. David Cron also lived in Ann Arbor until I was five, right up the time of the Fab Five. Max needs a Chris Weber PC. <laughs> That's kind of random. Is, is Chris Weber? Did he go to 
So we went to college? Uh, yeah, I'm actually still in, I'm in grad school at, at Michigan right now. Um, I'm interested in moving, moving back to Ann Arbor on Tuesday. But uh, Chris Weber, I do not have any Chris Weber cards, but I do have a Chris Weber jersey. So there's that. Uh, he's got, so you got something. You got something. That's great. Junk Wax Gem says, I have a massive gum collection. That's awesome. I'd like to, <laughs> Junk Wax Gems, I mean, if you're serious, like, I'd actually like to see that. Is it gum from packs of cards or is it just all the gum that's ever been made by like Wrigley's and all these gum companies? I'd love to love to see your gum collection. That's that's pretty cool. Okay, is it cool? I, I think it's cool, but some people might roll their eyes at me thinking it's cool, but that's okay. I think it's cool. Uh, Mike Wick, I remember you chewing the old gum on one show. Yeah, from the same low, from it was from the same batch. I just haven't chewed any of it since then. Ken says, ten, Ken Richardson, 10 years ago, very few stores would let you take pictures in stores, some in fear of pricing or marketing ideas. Now it has more to do with security. All right, there we go. Always nice to get the insights from the guys who know. It's so big, he has two stores next to each other. I'm not sure what that's in relation to. Oh, maybe it's the, the store that, from 1978. Eat the gum may help settle your stomach from the spicy chicken Pringles. Thank you, big unit. Is 8586 gum a good vintage? What flavor notes? It was not the best vintage, actually. The the, the old original flavor didn't really come. Like it came, it came a little bit later. It uh, I don't I, I'm not a wine taster. I don't know all the all the lingo, and I wish I could uh, throw it in, out there right now and sound all um, you know classy. Max probably good. He's drinking wine right now. Yeah, the I'm notes. halfway through this bottle right now. We're we're making progress. We're making progress, buddy. We're, we are making progress. Oh, from Pax. He's got the collection of gum from Pax. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Ink, paper, wax, malice from the palace. I just watched that a couple nights ago. What a what a what a production that was. Wow. I didn't realize how I I, I mean I don't remember it happening. I, I mean, I just don't. But it was crazy. Do you remember that happening? I mean, I was four or five years old at the time. Um there were five or yeah, five years old. I, I mean, I, so I don't remember it happening, but obviously being from Detroit, I've watched, I've watched it countless times. The, the whole thing start to finish. And uh, the, it's just crazy. Like, can you imagine that happening in today's, in today's world of social media and everything? And just, uh. you got to wonder, right? I mean, Ron Artest, uh, like, is there a player in the league that would that would jump into the into the stat? And I mean, he was provoked, and I. It's hard to blame him for doing that, you know. But is there a player like they? There's so much training that they give these players now on how to conduct themselves in public, and you know, even the money has changed. Like, would is there a player that would do that in today's game, or would they really? Would would, would they just? not do it i don't know yeah i don't think i don't think any high profile player would would do that um you know maybe maybe a patrick beverly might be a little triggered he might uh, lose some control but uh aside from him i can't can't think of anybody off the top of my head that would uh, pull around our test and uh, jump in the stands yeah yeah you you gotta you gotta wonder you got to, I saw a, you know, I saw something recently, like, you know, in hockey, they don't, they, they fight each other, like 
all the time. And hockey purists say that hockey fighting needs to stay in hockey. And I'm actually on the other side of the fence there. I don't I, I think that the fighting in hockey kind of is maybe part of the reason why, and I might be totally wrong on this, but I think it it's potentially part of the reason why hockey hasn't grown to the extent I think it should, because it's so much fun to watch outside of Canada and outside of some of the bigger hockey states and cities in the, in the U.S. to really catch on. And but but on the other hand, maybe it's what would bring more people in, or do do a lot of fans in the United States feel like, well, it's archaic, you know, we don't want to watch that. Like, meanwhile, in basketball, football, you you can't fight, right? You you just you just can't. And in basketball, they don't want to fight. They're all buddies anyway. In baseball, it's always exciting when a team when when you've got a bench clearing brawl, but it doesn't happen very often. Like, are you a hockey fan, Max? I mean, I'll go to I'll go to games, obviously, and I'm I mean, lucky to lucky enough to have the Red Wings as as my team. You know, a storied franchise, one of the most winning franchises of all time, yeah, the original six. You know, but um, I think part of the reason why hockey isn't as you know mainstream or isn't as popular in the U.S. at least is just you know the the just ginormous international presence of players, and you know it doesn't help with you know, the names hard to pronounce and everything. But with that said, a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo is uh, the face of the NBA at the moment or one of them. So, you know, I don't know. It's kind of perplexing. Yeah, for sure. We're getting some real time uh, feedback here on the fighting and hockey thing. Drake says, <laughs> I don't watch hockey regularly, but I like the fights. Tom says, nah, people love fights and chaos. Yeah, I, mean, I guess there's some truth to that. I just wonder what what it is about uh, hockey that keeps it, you know, at the national this year, there's always been more hockey than there was this year. This was the year I for me, I saw the least amount of hockey. There was some, but, and, and the, the guys that had it were telling me that people were asking them, you know, they, they were busy because they were the only ones that had it. Like, I think I saw two guys that, that had showcases that were exclusively dedicated to hockey. And they, they, they were saying that, you know, that the demand was there. But it seemed like, and it's no surprise, tons of soccer. Everywhere you looked, there were soccer cards. And I wonder if it's because of who's making them, you know? There you, yeah, yeah. Soccer. I will say, though, that uh, the NHL is, I hope they don't take having a guy like Connor McDavid in the league at the moment for granted uh, in terms of the marketing and just, you know. I mean, they have a, a generational kind of guy, so they should probably take advantage of it while they can. Does it hurt that he plays in Canada, though, and he doesn't probably. play in the U.S.? Yeah, I think that's got to be a problem. You know, if he played, if he played for the Rangers or the, or the Blackhawks or the Red Wings, the Boston Bruins, the L.A. Kings, you know, that would probably be helpful for the growth because more people would see him and just how exciting he is to watch because he is truly the best player in, in the NHL. And he's probably, you know, he's not, uh, I would almost go as far as saying he's probably a better player than Sidney Crosby is, but doesn't mean that he's going to have that success. I mean, like just skill wise, probably better than Sidney, but doesn't mean he's a better teammate. Doesn't mean he's a better leader. You know, Crosby's got all that going for him. Plus, 
a, a, a very strong surrounding cast. You know, he's got a lot of he's got a let a lot of as Carvin calls them goat moments. So you know, those things go a long way. Connor McDavid doesn't have a goat moment yet, and for his cards to compete with Crosby's and for that matter Ovechkin's, he will need to uh, I believe to win a championship or two. So we'll see. We'll see. Here, hockey guy says hockey isn't popular because it's marketed awfully in the U.S., not shown on major on a major actually watched network. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna hold you back, right? Brian Basketball says I make my bit I make my business cards from all my old foils I kept. I call I I call them all one ones with my sign on the back. That's cool, really cool. I'd like to see those. Tom Bullard. We pay for UFC cage fighting and bare knuckle boxing, so I don't think it should be taken out if it helps police the culture okay ken golden was the broad street bullies as a kid yeah that's talking about the uh the philadelphia flyers they were tough in the 70s marketing and no personalities in hockey i mean False. no personalities in hockey dude that's that's i remember when the the capitals won the stanley cup a couple years ago and i saw a vetchkin uh swimming in a water fountain or in some fountain somewhere yeah and, exactly. uh, well, yeah, he was right when he won the cup. You couldn't help but but be excited for him and and want to understand what he was excited about being the sport of hockey and winning the the Stanley Cup. But to say no personalities in hockey, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, but Ovechkin is likely now more popular in the U.S. than Crosby due to his antics with the cup. Yeah, he's got charisma. He definitely does. All right, how you doing for energy there, uh, Max? It's late. You've had some wine. You still good to go through some more comments here? And right. hey, you tell me when when you're ready to to pack things up. I'm I'm still good to go. All right. No, that sounds good, man. I know it's just we started a little bit late. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about tonight that we haven't? It's been a lot of the comments. Anything we kind of got through, you know, the the agenda items pretty pretty quick and early there. Anything else that you wanted to talk about or takes you have, theories? ideas um, i will say uh gold kabooms very very undervalued very low key at the moment um aside from that though <laughs> there's uh there's not really any any other agenda items i will say hobby update is a big announcement coming soon um which uh should be interesting so stay tuned for that but uh yeah i don't have any other uh agenda items per se what about like your so you guys you dropped an episode on Thursday, I think it was, or yesterday or Thursday. Yeah, we're so we're going to be dropping another one on Monday just because there's so much, so much news to, to catch up on, and then uh, we'll get back to regularly scheduled episodes uh, dropping on Thursdays after that. So Monday and then Thursday and then Thursdays. Yep. Anything about this coming episode on Monday to get people to want to tune in even more than they already do? Uh, just go watch Shay on, uh, Golden's live, go rewatch that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll just be talking about, you know, giving our hot takes on a bunch of the news that's come out over the last couple of days. It's, it's always entertaining. Sounds good. I, I, you know, as you know, I'm a fan of your guys, uh, uh, podcast. I have been since episode one, so I'll definitely be turning in. Jordan Riker wants to know, not sure if it's been covered, but where did Putnam name come from? Why is it not Norris Carr? And now just to, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, uh, I asked the exact same question of Max, uh, at the national Jordan. So Max, let's hear it again. 
So even though I lived in Ann Arbor the last five years being in college, I've, I mean, my, my parents' house, uh, I've, I've lived on the same street my whole life and it's called Putnam Drive. Don't, don't come and steal all my prized possessions, but, uh, Putnam Drive is just the street that I've, I've lived on my whole life. It's where my car collecting uh, journey started and it's where it's continued all these, all these years. So yeah. It's just a street that I live on. Norris Cards doesn't have the same ring to it. Putnam it Cards. It. Yeah. Putnam Cards is good, man. It, I, I, at first, I totally assumed your last name. I thought your name was Max Putnam. It made sense. To me, <laughs> but, uh, it is not. Yeah. Um, Angie says hockey in Montreal is like a part of life. It's a way of life in Montreal. Montreal might have the most passionate hockey fans in the world, even more than the Toronto Maple Leafs do, even more than the Boston Bruins. Uh, those those three cities to me seem to have the most passionate fans from what from what I've seen. Ken Golden says hockey players have always been the nicest when I dealt with them. I mean that's that's nice to hear, you know. I, and that's not the first time I've heard that. You, you hear that all the time. Carbon says the same thing, so very nice. Ink paper wax collector says no personalities in hockey. Have you never heard of Sean Avery? That's not the personality we we, we want. I I don't like that guy, but uh, but he's a personality that's for sure. Is anyone talking about the fact that Spalding lost the rights to the NBA basketball starting this season? Wilson says, yeah, you can you can say I'm back in the best John Wick voice. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Brad. Brad basketballs. You're hilarious, man. Hilarious. Colin says hockey is to Canadians for Americans fight. Hockey is too Canadian for Americans. Fighting is a part of hockey. Is, hockey is too Canadian for Americans. Okay. Okay. Missing missing an O there on the two. Yeah. That, that, that's why it did confuse me a little bit, but I, I get it. Do you think soccer and F1 is speculative or is genuinely taking hold with collective? I think I, I'm going to go first, Max, but I want your, I want your perspective too, especially if it's different than mine. I think it's genuinely taking hold. Now it might be a bit trendy. Doesn't mean it's going to go away altogether. There are fans. There are passionate soccer fans and F1. There are passionate F1 fans. And I'm, I've become, ever since I watched the documentary, Need for Speed or whatever it's called, Drive to Survive, I don't even remember, whatever it was called, I watched all 30 episodes, I loved it, felt like I got to know all 20 drivers and the team principals, like talk about integrating you and and this like opening up the doors to let you understand, what a great marketing initiative that was and entertaining I'm a fan of F1, I've got two cards in my collection and I can see myself adding more. So, and as long as I enjoy watching, I love watching the, I love watching it on Sundays. It's like my chill, relax sort of thing. Max, what do you think? Um, three years ago, I just did what wanted nothing to do with soccer. I didn't like it. I did, couldn't watch the games. I didn't have any cards. Um, and now because I'm into soccer cards now, I watch the games. I'm, I'm, or the matches, sorry, not the games. I'm, uh, I'm into the sport, you know, I'm learning more of the players, more of the teams, how the sport it's set, set up itself, the structure of it, all the different leagues, the tournaments, the this, the that. So soccer is like becoming, uh, uh, big for me at least. Now with that said, F1 is kind of like, like for me right now, where I was at with soccer three years ago. And I want nothing to do with it. I wasn't into it. I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, I know the you know the the top couple guys in it, but um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not in an F1 right now. That could change. I think it's it's kind of speculative at the moment. But again, I'm, I, I don't really know that much about it to have a super informed opinion. But soccer, I think if you're just looking, I know soccer's grown a lot this year, percentage-wise, the overall market. But I think if you're looking like just in terms of uh, to a sport to buy, to hold for five years or 10 years, I think soccer, it doesn't get much, much better than soccer. Just it was PSA possibly expanding, you know, elsewhere overseas internationally or something. And I just think, you know, the world cup is here in 2026 Um, in North America. You have another world cup next year. I just think soccer is going to become more and more uh, ingrained within the the culture in the U S that's already worldwide. Yes. That's the thing. If it becomes ingrained, then it's going to be a winner for sure. So, Jordan makes the comment here. Every F1 race has 90 million viewers. The Super Bowl has 90 million viewers. F1 has, I think it's 20 races a season. It's massive worldwide. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's But it's massive in countries that don't care about cards. They just want to go watch their races and cheer on their drivers. If, you know, if cardboard can expand to some of these F1 countries, then look out. It could be... A force to be reckoned with, for sure, for sure. Yeah, this the documentary is called Drive to Survive. Yeah, Jordan was with me through just watching the show as I was watching the episodes, and um, certainly, certainly enjoyed it. Uh, Logan Ward, who is a NASCAR guy, says, "Let's say that most of the hobby had no idea who Lewis Hamilton was four months ago." That you know, obviously, that's true. I didn't even really know who Lewis Hamilton was as early as March, probably. I mean, I'd heard the name, but I didn't. I didn't even understand F1. Now I didn't know what was what. You could. I knew there was F1. I knew there was NASCAR. I knew there was Indy, but I didn't know what cars went on what tracks or <laughs> raced in what races. But now, and a guy, one of the guys on my on my team at work, he's a huge F1 fan. Like twenty years, he's been all over this thing. So now he he's helping me learn it as well and tell you know kind of the the lingo and all the things. So anyway, I'm I'm very excited about it. Um. Jordan says, Metal Universe Hockey finally has a set release date. What impact will this have on the hockey market as a whole? Well, I think it's going to get people excited about, about that release specifically. And talking to Billy, who's the product manager on it, um, he said that next year's will be even better. So looking forward to that. I want to see them mix it up and not do the same inserts every year. And I hope that uh, that I can uh, get in his ear enough to, to see that through which i will be in his ear whether it's enough is another story though max are you familiar with the product that's coming a little bit yeah i've heard about it yeah i've I've heard about it very good here's a question for you max what do you think about the price disparity between bgs and psa and how do you see that evolving over the next five plus years that's such a tough question right five plus years that's a long time stuff to say any comments um somebody needs to buy pgs uh like really badly (laughs) i'll just leave it there time will tell i mean i keep saying that tonight but we will see m perk the gum dissolved in my mouth like two minutes after i put it in so no i am not (laughs) but i appreciate the concerns i really do i really do Jordan makes a counterpoint. Two years ago, nobody knew who Kylian Mbappe was. Look at what happened since. Lewis Hamilton is bigger in F1 than Mbappe is in soccer. 
Interesting point. Interesting point. Super interesting point. You know, I mean, uh, part of the reason why I'm in, I got into soccer in the first place is because some of my friends were, were you know, like really into it. And like they had like favorite, you know, their favorite clubs and they were watching them on, you know, TV like early in the morning. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't feel that same thing with F1. Like I don't have very I don't have any friends really that are super into it. Obviously, that can change. Um, but that is a good point. Um, I didn't know who Mbappe was, you know, a year ago. So, no, no me neither. Angie, making a case for hockey. Please, everybody. Hockey is a beautiful sport. People are very biased with their opinions. Whenever there was a fight at a Canadians game, you see everybody get excited. Nobody leaves their seat. Meaning nobody goes to the bathroom or goes to get a beer. Everyone stays to watch the fights at the games. For sure. Max, have you watched Drive to Survive? Negative. See, I I would recommend you watch it. Not because I want to I want you to get into F1 cards, but it's awesome. Like it's it's 30 episodes. They're like 30 to 35 minutes long. So they're not very it's not like hour long. And it's just it's gripping from the opening shot. You just you don't want to turn it off. It's I loved it. But okay, you know what? What once I get done with this season of Ted Lasso, I will I will watch Drive to Survive. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. We're holding you to it, buddy. And when you and when you're done, you come back on here and we'll talk about it. <laughs> and then we'll and, and we'll compare our F1 cards. How's that sound? Oh God. Now I gotta go. <laughs> It's all right. We'll we'll make it happen. You'll probably get some. You'll probably get some. All right, man. Listen, we are at the hour 35 mark. I'm getting tired. It's been a long day. Lots of episodes. Lots of a a long episode earlier on tonight. A pleasure with you. We're going to take the final. So, guys, get your final comments. And we're not wrapping up right now, but we're going to wrap up soon. Get your final comments in. And uh, we will wrap this up in the next few minutes. Purple Hayes says, what are your thoughts on TGT, the transparent grading team, and the access to greater notes on a card's grade? So I do have comments on that. Uh, But first, Max, are you familiar with uh, TGT? Never heard of it. So TGT is, uh, I don't know if it's owned or part owner, is, um, is Pittsburgh on Instagram, also known as Anthony. Nice guy came by at the national and uh, we said, hello. He showed me how TGT works and it's actually, it's truly a transparent grading system. And I say that because what happens with, with their, and he sent me one to show me, but it's in my briefcase, which is upstairs. So I don't have it here with me right now, but unfortunately I'll show it another time. But the, 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 the way this works is, You've got the slab, right? You got the slab, right, Max? Uh, see it? Anyway, <laughs> you scan, you scan like the QR code on the back on your phone, and it takes you to the TGT's images of your card. And in that image, every flaw that they identified has a little circle or square around it showing you what they saw. Transparency, right? To me, that's that's transparency because you know what they saw. Now that's interesting and it's definitely different than anything else we've seen. I've never seen anything like that exactly. You know, with, with PSA, you get no information on why your card graded as it did. No story, nothing, which, which isn't ideal. 
Beckett grading services, you get subgrades. Doesn't tell you what they saw. It just tells you how the subgrade, it just gives you four grades instead of one, but you still don't know what they saw. TGT is showing you everything. That said, I really like that. That I respect. I like the transparency. I think it's cool. But all that said, their challenges are going to be getting market share, brand value, and that's going to take time. And then you need Ken Golden to allow you on his platform as well <laughs> to really make, you know, kind of make it sort of thing. So time will tell, of course. Thank you, Lapper. Uh, before we move on from that, though, Max, any comments based on, on what I just explained? Or I mean, just... I love this. I love the idea and the concept of it, like actually explaining. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't seem like that's such a crazy concept, explaining why a card got the grade it did. But, um, you know, that's uh, the bar is low, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a great uh, sort of competitive advantage, but competing will still be challenging, you know, just because they're a new grading company. But Anthony's a really nice guy. I wish him I wish him well. And uh, we'll, we'll see how they do. We'll see how they do. I wish them luck. Uh, good night to Logan. Brian Basketball. And so how much did the Brady sell for? I'm on the edge of my seat. It sold for $2.88 million. The PSA 10 with a 10 auto wow. uh, sold for $2.88 million tonight. Uh, Brian Basketballs. You are welcome, Brian Basketballs. Thank you for joining. Great to have you as part of the chat. Tom Bullard, along with the grader, having to sign their name to the card in the database at TGT. They should talk and hire on Mike Baker to have that be one of the graders signing off. That'd be interesting. But Mike Baker has his own thing going too, so that might be hard to do. Thank you, Big Unit. Really appreciate it. All right, that's it, guys. Max, man, it's been awesome hanging out with you. Appreciate it. Great to get to know you at the National. I look forward to many more years and uh, being friends with you because I just think you're a cool cat. And um, <laughs> hey, that's the same term. That's the same term I used to describe Filmington. So that's you know, that's something. That's something. Well, uh, thank you for having me on. It was, I mean. Truly an honor to be on the show. Uh, I've been, been watching it for a long time. So to be on, it's uh, kind of crazy. So I, I really do appreciate you uh, reaching out and asking me to be on. It was a great time, obviously. No, I, ever since meeting you at Chris HOJ's event at, uh, and there he is, at the uh, National, I just thought, you know, want to uh, want to ha hang out with you. So it's been awesome. Thank you, Chris, for joining tonight as well. Thank you, Purple Haze. Much appreciated. All right, guys. Uh, Mike Wick. Thank you again. Says thanks as always for a great show and guests. You are welcome, Mike. Thank you for being here tonight. So again, reminder, if you are still here with us and we still have people watching tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern, Brian Gray will be joining me. And maybe I did throw out the uh, invitation to Ken to join as well uh, towards maybe the, the second half. And we'll see if he uh, does. But, uh, you know, We'll see if that works out. If not, no problem. It is a Sunday night and it's late. Anyway, everybody, thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow night. If not, we'll see you next next weekend. And uh, have a great week ahead. Yeah, as Tom Bullard says, like the video. Subscribe if you haven't. Much appreciated. Max, you wait right there. Everybody else, good night. Thank you for a wonderful evening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.